What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Later on today, I will be fueled, as always, by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Welcome to, at least from a production standpoint, the most dynamic episode of Justin's NFL Football Pick Show that has ever been created. There's something awfully meta about using my actual intro as my bumper intro before my music, before the rest of my actual intro. It's a rich tapestry we got going on today. It's the week 16 episode, and this is going to be recorded in multiple sessions, potentially even on multiple days, depending on how the schedule works out. There's all kinds of weirdness going on, but the one thing that I can definitely clarify for you is there will be a week 16 episode because you're listening to it right now that's about the extent of what i can guarantee you right now because of course it is the christmas season fa la 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 as plans go plans tend to go awry so last week 10 and 6 straight up i was hoping for more kind of got on a cold streak late in the week has me 140 83 and 1 straight up this season exactly 62 and a half percent Against the spread, had a good week against the spread, 8 and 6 with two pushes, two pushes in the same week against the spread when we only had four pushes up to this point in the entire rest of the season. Has me 104, 114 and 6 against the spread. Still have a puncher's chance to do really good here in the last two weeks, maybe pull that record back to 500. On the totals, speaking of 500, went 500, exactly 8 and 8, 97, 123, and 4 on the totals. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks last week only went 2 and 2 straight up. Both Pittsburgh and the Rams with baffling straight up losses to uh, Cincinnati and the New York Jets, respectively. So only went 2 and 2 straight up. Went 2, 1, and 1 against the spread, actually correctly took the underdogs in my top two picks, the Panthers plus eight and a half and the Bengals plus 13. On the totals, only got one of them staying under 44 in that Rams loss to the Jets. Before I go any further, you might ask, Justin, this sounds exactly like a regular episode of the show. Well, you're right, but that is due to the magic of post-production and editing. Right now, I have to go to work in about 45 minutes, so I'm recording this intro first then going to work, and then I'll be coming back to give you the picks. I'll have to move to a different location in order to do that, and we're going to time travel by about four or five hours. And these are the things that I do to bring you folks a consistent show. But I do it because I love it and because I love you. Let's check in on both the Bridgewater's Finest and Auntie and Co. Straight up pick em pools in 2020. I still remain in 17th place in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool out of 38. That's 1,229 of 1,775 possible confidence points. Clip is 69.2%. It should be right there, but there's a lot of people in this pool having themselves a hell of a season. 
Brought in 96 of 136 possible confidence points. That's 70.6%. Shout out to our week 15 winner, Hatbox's Pickset, who won the ante and co-pool last week. And spoilers, you're going to hear his name again. He had a great week. 117 of 136 possible confidence points. That's exactly 86%. That's a great week. Crack on COVID now playing hot potato with the overall lead in this pool with more than a Tealin. Crack on COVID takes over this week. 1,291 out of 1,775 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 72.7%. In the ante and co-pool, I'm in a tie for 16th. So I did move up one spot there out of 33. Brought in 10 of the 16 games correctly, of course. And Hatbox's pick set for a second week in a row. He is on fire, folks. He won the ante and co-pool along with Philly Cheesesteak. They both tied at 13-3 and three last week. That's an 81. 1.3% clip of picking the game straight up. West Coast Martin remains the overall leader in the ante and co-pool. Now with 153 straight up wins on the season, he remains a five game leader in this pool over second place. We're going to take a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which is of course presented by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. And what you're going to want to do is go into the description of this video and find my referral link for the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Plans beginning as low as $3 for what is easily the number one resource for all Dynasty and Keeper Fantasy Football Leagues. Doesn't matter your arrangement, doesn't matter your roster size, doesn't matter how you do your scoring, the Dynasty Trade Calculator has you covered for player rankings, trade evaluations, podcasts, everything that you could possibly want for the dynasty keeper and long-term fantasy football player. So, didn't do very well in the most pivotal week. I, in fact, am not going to a championship final for the first time since 2015. I had a nice little run there going, but unfortunately... I will not be playing a meaningful game in week 16, at least a championship game in week 16, for the first time in five years. I lost to... Uh, turned down for Watt in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League. My team kind of didn't show up. Russell Wilson kind of didn't show up. He had Josh Allen, who had a heck of a game for the Buffalo Bills, and things happen. So I'm down to the third place game that's going to be against the SMDT Fighting 7. That is Hatbox, who we mentioned earlier. It's a projected win for me in the third place game, which, you know what, I'll be happy to take third place in the league. It was a tough loss last week, but we move forward. In the uh, NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, sorry I skipped over my words there, I picked up the win in the consolation bracket over Billy B, which means I am in the Sacco game against Geo Nose. That is a projected loss for me right now by a couple of points, but we will see what happens in week 16. Only went 2-3-1 and one across my six fantasy football teams. One team is already in ninth place and has no more games this year. And as always, I'll take the time to mention that if you go to the description of the YouTube video, as I've already instructed you to do, or the description of the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over underplays for a pivotal week 16 in the NFL. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest or Anti and Co. Straight up pick'em pools. Remember, for anyone in the Bridgewater's Finest pool, this pool goes all season long, including playoffs. So don't think you're done just because the regular season is over. 
You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, and you can find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Now this morning, because of my weird production schedule, I'm going to be belaying my delicious, delicious cup of Nerd Tees until later on this evening, but... You should not delay in going to nerdtees.ca and hitting up my promo code BWFINEST, which is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, or you're going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar. Today's blend is, I'm not sure yet, but really, when it comes to Nerd Tees, you can't go wrong. There's dozens and dozens of incredible Nerd Tees blends just waiting for you to enjoy. Nerdtees.ca. Promo code BWFINEST, save your money, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. So now, here's what's going to happen. The intro has been recorded. I'm going to clap my hands, and at the end of clapping my hands, we will travel forward in time about five or six hours, and then you're going to get your picks for week 16. We got a full 16-game slate of games in week 16 there are plenty of playoff implications still to be decided the pittsburgh steelers are in free fall does that continue in week 16 there's all kinds of things to get figured out here the number one seed in both conferences is still up for grabs so three two one time travel and just like that, through the miracle of time travel, it is about six hours later and it is time to talk about the week 16 NFL games. And by the way, today's blend of nerd teas, nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFinest, is blueberry because I'm Nova Scotian and proud of it. Let's kick things off in New Orleans, the first game of the week where the Saints are going to hobble into their home field, dealing with an injury, taking on the Minnesota Vikings, obviously a team that the Saints have a ton of history with. Now, taking a peek at the playoff pictures both in the AFC and the NFC obviously a lot of predictions this week and next week are going to be predicated on what the playoff picture looks like you've got the Saints right now at 10 and 4 they're leading the NFC South they've clinched a playoff spot that's all good but the number one seed in the NFC is still up for grabs here they've got the Seahawks breathing down their necks and they're both looking up at the Green Bay Packers not a game that the New Orleans Saints can afford to lose if they really have their aspirations set on that first round bye. Meanwhile, we got to keep scrolling down and the Minnesota Vikings are not out of this yet in terms of that seventh and final wild card spot in the NFC. Now, they're one of the teams currently sitting at six and eight and they basically have the worst chances of any team in the NFC to sneak into that number seven seed, but it's not mathematically out of the picture just yet. Minnesota's got to win both of their games and they've got to get quite a bit of help along the way, but mathematically it's still there. So it is do or die for Minnesota. Should make for a hell of a game. New Orleans are still in a battle here for the NFC South. That has not been clinched as of yet. New Orleans will clinch the NFC South if they win, if Tampa loses, or if both teams tie. 
Now, as I mentioned, Saints coming in with an injury. It's on the defensive side of the ball in the secondary. It's safety Marcus Williams is one of the better safeties in the NFL. He suffered a low ankle sprain last week. It's not considered serious, but to me, he feels kind of doubtful to play in this one. So you may see some more avenues for deep shots for Kirk Cousins going to Justin Jefferson or an Adam Thielen. There may be more deep shots available this week. And again, we're talking about two teams with a ton of history, specifically when it comes to deep passes down the field. Saints are obviously big favorites here at home, and I do think New Orleans comes up with the win here. This road is just too difficult for the Minnesota Vikings to actually make the playoffs. I think things are probably going to happen whether Minnesota wins or doesn't win, things are going to happen this week that are going to mathematically eliminate the Vikings. And I think they're probably well aware of that. Certainly doesn't mean that they're not going to try to win. I'm just going to lean on the better football team. To me, that's the New Orleans Saints. Let's take New Orleans in New Orleans to beat Minnesota. On the line, though, I'm going to hedge my bets. Uh, New Orleans, a full touchdown favorite in this football game, and especially with the injury to Marcus Williams and the likelihood that we're going to see a lot of points in this game, I'm going to take the points with the Vikings. I mean, it is possible the Vikings could come up and win this game, obviously, but it's seven points. It's too many for me. I'm going to hedge my bets and go Vikings plus seven. Total in the game set at 51 and a half points. Now, I originally capped this only at a mid to high 40, which to me is a relatively confident under, but the two teams are combined 18 and 10 to the over this year. So obviously a lot more money to be made between these two teams on the over than there is on the under. I'm going to stick with the over in this one. Let's go over 51 and a half points in Minnesota, New Orleans. Let's go Saints 27, Vikings 26, very close entertaining football game. Let's go to Arizona now, division matchup. The Arizona Cardinals taking on a San Francisco 49ers team, not only with another injury concern, yet again, it feels like it's every single week with them, but they're also on the tail end of back-to-back road games. Now, the Arizona Cardinals are the team that are currently in possession of that number seven seed in the NFC playoff picture. They got the Bears right behind them at seven and seven, looking up at the Bucks and the Rams at nine and five. Obviously, the holds on the number seven seed in both conferences is pretty darn tenuous. So it's obviously a game that Arizona certainly can't afford to look beyond. This is a game that Arizona badly needs to win. San Francisco, their only real motivation here is the potential to play spoiler. But if you go down here and you look at the uh, current uh, approximate 2021 draft order right now the Niners are sitting with the 10th overall pick but they do have the possibility here that they could move up I mean they have the same record as the Chargers Broncos and Lions so I mean San Francisco they've also got to look at it like you know our draft stock and our draft position is important to us we can't make the playoffs but we could wind up with a better player in the first round of the draft and the second round and the third round and so on if we try to move up the draft order a little bit so i don't think san francisco has a ton of motivation in this game to play spoiler considering that arizona badly needs this thing we're definitely going to be on the cardinals here and again especially given the injury situation 
that we've got there in San Francisco, and that is on both the defensive side and the offensive side. It's safety Jimmy Ward. He suffered a concussion last week. His status is uncertain. And then also running back Raheem Mostert, who has just not been able to stay healthy all year long. He suffered an ankle injury. His status is uncertain in this game as well. We're going to hammer the Arizona Cardinals in this one. Let's take Arizona at home and actually at home to beat the Niners. On the line, Arizona's only a four and a half point favorite. This is a layup to me. Lay those four and a half points with the Cardinals and just be very happy that you have a line here that's under a touchdown. That feels really, really good to me. Arizona minus four and a half. Total in the game set at 49 points. I only capped this thing in the high 30s, maybe pushing a 40. Arizona, as a favorite this year, have only hit three of nine overs, and San Francisco, as an underdog this year, has only hit two of six overs, so I feel pretty good about staying under the highest 40. We'll go under 49 points in San Francisco, Arizona. Let's go Cards 27, Niners 13. Let's go to Las Vegas now where the Raiders have the benefit of the long week coming into a game, taking on the Miami Dolphins. So they get the benefit of being at home, the benefit of the long week. And this is a matchup that does have its AFC playoff implications. The Raiders are not dead yet. They're at 7-7, seven and seven, mathematically still alive in the AFC playoff picture. And they're going up against a team this week in the Dolphins who are sitting in that number 7 position in the AFC this is a game the Raiders absolutely need and it's just the opponent that they have to beat to keep their slim playoff hopes alive they also got to hope the Ravens lose you will have no doubt heard the uh, freezer kick on behind me so I apologize for that I've got to lean on the Dolphins defense here man against the Raiders this is this is a night and day matchup on the defensive side the Raiders one of the worst defenses in football over the last six weeks or so just a sea of 28 point or more allowances on the defense and the offense sometimes has been able to keep up and most of the time not and that's why they've been in such a free fall since the early part of the season the Dolphins only allowing 14 points a game over the last month yes they had a hiccup a couple of weeks ago rebounded nicely this past week that's a great defense in Miami defense wins championships and in this case defense wins playoff spots we're going to lean on the Miami Dolphins again also a team that controls the ball very very well Dolphins beat the Raiders on the line the Raiders are three-point dogs at home I like Miami to win it's a relatively small price to pay I'm going to lay the three points skewing on the fact that Miami is 11 and three against the spread this year and as a favorite are four and one I really like Miami to cover the three points here Miami minus three Total in the game set at 47 and a half points. I've actually got this game getting into the 60s. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. The Raiders are going to be desperate. I just think Miami's going to be able to do whatever they want to do on the offensive side, considering how bad that Raiders defense has been this past month. The Raiders, uh, as an underdog this year, sorry, I kind of got lost there, six overs in eight games as an underdog this year. This is kind of going against the fact that the Dolphins are only one and four to the over as favorites this year, but we're going to go over 47 and a half points in Miami, Las Vegas. Let's go Dolphins 35, Raiders 27. 
Let's go to Pittsburgh now, where the suddenly plummeting Pittsburgh Steelers, without the benefit of any rest, coming into this game on the short week, taking on one of the AFC's best teams, the Indianapolis Colts. Tons at stake here for both teams. Now, obviously, the Steelers, they're the first place team in the AFC North. But now, because of this three-game slide, the AFC North is no longer a layup for them. They're only a game behind the Cleveland Browns. Now, yes, Pittsburgh has clinched a playoff spot. They kind of backed, they kind of, you know, moonwalked their way into a playoff spot. But this division is not clinched for them yet because, look, just the last three games, this team has looked awful. There are, there's virtually no team in the AFC playoff picture right now, like current, current playoff teams. I would take most of those teams over the Steelers if the playoffs started right now because it's like they've completely lost their identity. That defense is still really good. The offense looks like it's never played football before. Meanwhile, the Colts are smack dab in the middle of that AFC playoff picture of the wildcard teams. The Look, the Titans, the Browns, and the Colts all sitting at 10-4 and four right now. And the Colts, they, they've still got the Titans like well in their sights. The AFC South is far from decided right now. So they could win a division. They could grab one of the wild card spots. Everything is up in the open right now for the Indianapolis Colts. The only thing they can basically feel comfortable about is that they're probably going to get a playoff spot unless Baltimore has something to say about it. Between these two teams, I think Indianapolis is the one that has all the momentum. I think Indianapolis is the one that has all the confidence. I think Indianapolis is the one that has more at stake, to be perfectly honest. Because look, Pittsburgh knows, even if they punt the last two games of the season, they know they're still going to the playoffs. They don't really know much about what their identity is right now because they played so poorly the last three weeks. But at least they know they're going to the playoffs. That's still a question mark for the Colts. I'm going to take the more desperate football team, and I genuinely think that that is Indianapolis. Plus, you look at the way the Colts' offense has been moving the ball lately. The defense has kind of fallen off a little bit, but the offense has picked up the slack. 31 points per game over the last four games. Let's go with that Colts' offense. Let's take Indianapolis in Pittsburgh to beat the Steelers. I was going to say upset the Steelers because as of last night, that would have been an upset. However, the line movement in this game has been very interesting off the heels of that Monday nighter. As of right now, the Steelers are point and a half dogs at home against Indianapolis. Since I like the Colts to win, that's a very small price to pay. I'm going to lay the point and a half. The Colts on the road are 5-2 and two against the spread this year, so we're going to lay that 1.5. Total in the game set at 44.5 points. I capped this at a high 40, and the Colts on the road are 5-2 and two to the over this year, so let's go over that middling number of 44.5 points in Indianapolis-Pittsburgh. Let's go Colts 28, Steelers 20. Washington and Carolina is our next stop on the slate of games here for week 16. Football team coming in with a minor injury. The Panthers coming in with the benefit of the long week, but on the tail end of back-to-back road games. Panthers are playing for nothing but draft position at this point, and kind of the same deal as when we talked about the 49ers. The Panthers are at 4-10, as are the Falcons and the Houston Texans. Carolina's got an opportunity here to move into the top five in terms of drafting 
in the first round and obviously every round after that, like Carolina's got an opportunity here and whether they're going to look at it as an opportunity or not, I know it's a difficult thing to do, especially for the players, but they have to realize, you know, situational awareness. They got to know where they are, know what's best for the future of the franchise. I don't think they're going to be in any kind of hurry to win a football game like this. Whereas Washington, Washington are very, very desperate because that NFC East, that awful NFC East, not yet decided. However, Washington currently in the driver's seat in that division at six and eight. As I mentioned, Washington entering the game with an injury concern, and it's on their offensive line. It's tackle Morgan Moses. He injured his leg last week, his status uncertain, heading into this game against Carolina. Now, originally, I did have the Panthers winning this game. I took the Panthers in the upset, but I really hadn't paid quite close enough attention to the overall playoff picture. And again, I don't think Carolina is going to be in any hurry here whatsoever to try to win football games to worsen their draft position. So we're going to take the desperate team here. That team's going to be Washington. Look, Washington knows that Dallas and Philadelphia are playing each other this week. So unless that game is a tie, one of those two teams is going to pick up a win. Washington knows that in order to stay in the driver's seat, they need to pick up a win here. That's what I think they do. Washington picks up the win at home against Carolina. On the line, Carolina's a two and a half point dog. I'm going to hedge here because I did originally think that Carolina was going to win the game. Look, the Panthers on the road are 6-1 and one against the spread, and as underdogs, they're 8-3 and three against the spread. So not a lot of money to be made on betting against the Carolina Panthers as underdogs. So this is not a good hedge. It's only two and a half points, but we're going to hedge. And you know what? Maybe Carolina does win the game outright. It's entirely possible that that happens. We're going to take Carolina plus the two and a half. Total in the game set at 44 and a half points. I only capped this at a high 30, maybe pushing a 40. Washington at home this year, I've only hit two of seven overs. Let's stay under that middling number of 44 and a half points in Washington, Carolina. Let's go football team 21, Panthers 20. Real close game. Let's go to Jacksonville now where the Jags are going to play host to the Chicago Bears. Both teams entering this game with injury concerns. Chicago entering on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. Believe it or not, the absolute free fall that the Chicago Bears were in after opening the season 5-1, and one, they are still in contention here for a playoff spot, only one game behind the Arizona Cardinals. Chicago sits at 7-7. Seven and seven. Look, the division obviously is completely out of their hands because the Green Bay Packers were good this year, but the Bears, they've still got an opportunity, and over the last couple of weeks, David Montgomery, I'm going to have to like, I might have to send David Montgomery a Christmas card. Like, I might have to apologize for how much junk I talked about David Montgomery over the last, my God, almost since he came into the league, because he has been a monster the last couple of weeks. I think that continues this week. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Now, like I mentioned, injury concern here on both sidelines, and it's on the offensive side on both teams. For Jacksonville, running back James Robinson, who has had an amazing undrafted rookie season he's injured his ankle his status is uncertain for this weekend the Jags aren't playing for anything as a matter of fact now they're quote-unquote in the driver's seat for the first overall pick which we'll talk about here in a second his status is uncertain I would be very surprised if he played in this game 
For Chicago, it's wide receiver Cordero Patterson. He injured his knee. His status is uncertain as well. Patterson is absolutely deadly in the punt and kick return game, so that could definitely be a hit to the Bears' offense. Now, before I give you the pick for this game, I just want to mention everyone's kind of losing their mind at the fact that the Jets won a game. And if you trust anybody talking about this, quote unquote, screwed themselves out of Trevor Lawrence. I just want to comment on this and say that's everybody putting a ton of faith in the Jacksonville Jaguars to be able to tank right. I don't have faith in the Jaguars to do anything right, much less something that they're intending to actually do. I like happenstance and and just like a random occurrence, an act of God, if you will, that could totally happen. But I have no trust, no faith whatsoever in the Jags to actually do something intentionally that they want to do. You have to be a fool, I think, to trust that the Jags will actually tank properly. And that might give you a little foreshadowing into next week's episode. But I'm just going to say that and leave it out in the ether. We're going to take the Chicago Bears in this game, even though they've got the injury to Cordero Patterson, even though they're on the tail end of back-to-back road games. Let's take Chicago in Jacksonville, getting a couple of turnovers on the defensive side. On the line, the Bears are laying seven and a half points, which seemed like a lot to me, but then I looked at their last four games. They're scoring as much as the Indianapolis Colts are. They're scoring almost as much as Green Bay is. Like 31 points a game over the last four games. Games of 25, 30, 36, and 33. The Bears can cover this number, and I think they're going to. Jacksonville's offense is not good right now. The defense hasn't been good all season long. Chicago can cover this number. I'm going to lay the points on the Bears minus 7.5. Total in the game set at 47 points. I've only got this as like a low to mid 40. So I think we're going to stick under on. It's going to be relatively close, but I think we're going to stay under 47 points in Jacksonville, Chicago, due in no small part to the offensive injuries on both sides. Let's take Bears 27, Jags 17. Let's go to Houston now for the battle of two teams that have struggled all season long just in general, but specifically have struggled all season long at controlling the ball and keeping the ball when they have possession. The Houston Texans and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now Cincinnati, of course, coming off that big win on Monday night, division rival against the Steelers, but that also means they're coming in on the short week. Neither one of these teams has anything left to play for other than draft positioning. I do think the Houston Texans top to bottom are the better football team. Like, look, Cincinnati got the win last, like yesterday, I would say last week, literally last night. And, and look, big ups to them. That's fantastic. They knew they could win that game and not have it impact their draft position at all. They're still third place in the draft order behind the Jets and the Jags. They're still ahead of Houston, who they're playing this week. But I don't look at that like, oh, this is this is the beginning of, of you know, some momentum for the Cincinnati Bengals. There's not a lot of point to doing that, quite frankly. And Houston's the better football team. They've got by far the better quarterback. Neither one of these defenses is particularly good as I mentioned both of them struggle with controlling the football but you got to lean on the better players and the best player in this matchup on either side is Deshaun Watson at quarterback for Houston we're going to take the Texans in this game Houston picks up the win over Cincinnati in Houston on the line however this was the easiest layup hedge that I had all week long Houston is an eight point favorite 
no. Houston doesn't deserve to be a big favorite over virtually anyone in this league. I realize that everybody looks at Cincinnati like they're like the third worst team in in the league. And maybe that's true. But that doesn't mean that the fourth worst team in the league should be favored over them by eight points. That's way too many. Thank you very much, Bengals plus eight. Total in the game set at 46 points. I've only got this at a high 30, maybe pushing a 40. The Texans have only hit one over at home this year in six games. Let's go under 46 points in Cincinnati, Houston. Texans 23, Bengals 17. Let's go to Los Angeles now for a divisional matchup. The Chargers playing host to the Denver Broncos. Both of these teams entering with the benefit of the long week with the games now beginning on Saturday in certain cases for week 15 moving forward. I think we've got a couple of games on Saturday this week as well. No major injuries for either one of these two not very good football teams. The Broncos are awful at controlling the football. They cough the football up a ton. The defense does not generate nearly enough turnovers to justify the amount that the offense is giving the ball up. So that's definitely something that leans very heavily against the Broncos. In saying that, division matchup, weird stuff happens, both teams better rested, Justin Herbert's the better quarterback in this matchup. The Chargers are the better team, and it feels like they're like heavily the better team. But I'm going to lean on the fact that the Broncos on the road are 5-2 and two against the spread. This is a close line. I think the Broncos win this game outright. It's a surprise win, but between these two, if I have to pick one coach to trust... I'll trust Vic Fangio just a little bit more than I'll trust Anthony Lynn. So I'm going to take the Broncos as dogs in Los Angeles. Broncos beat the Chargers. As I mentioned, Broncos on the road, 5-2 and two against the spread. They're three-point dogs in this game. I like them to win outright. This would be a good hedge one way or the other. Broncos plus three. Total in the game set at 48.5 points. I've got this capped as a low 50, but I do think it gets into the 50s. So we're going to lean over on this one, over 48.5 points in Denver, Los Angeles. Let's go Broncos 27, Chargers 24. Let's go now to the aforementioned matchup of the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles in Dallas, a lot of stuff going against the Eagles here. Yes, they got Jalen Hurts in at quarterback. Yes, it looks like he's going to be the starter the rest of the way this season. It looks like the team is starting to embrace him. They've definitely had more success with him than they were having with Carson Wentz. However, tail end of back-to-back road games for the Eagles. Suffering a minor injury, so they're coming in with a bit of an injury concern, and the defense not generating turnovers whatsoever. And say what you will about Dallas, their defense not really doing that either, but their offense does not cough up the football as much as the Eagles do. Bafflingly, both of these teams still alive in the playoff race simply because of just how terrible this NFC East division is. Like the Eagles at four, nine, and one should not still be alive in the playoff race. Like it's it's absolutely ridiculous that they're still alive in the playoff race, but they are. So it's a desperation win for or a desperation game, I should say, for both of these teams. I'm going to lean on the better football team lately, and I think the better football team lately has been the Dallas Cowboys. 
As I mentioned, certainly doesn't help that the Eagles do have an injury situation on the offensive side. It's tight end Richard Rodgers, who's had a better season than people are willing to give him credit for. He's like the lost third tight end on this team behind Ertz and Goddard. Richard Rodgers injured his leg last week. His status is uncertain. I don't expect him to play. I'm going to lean on the fact that Dallas's offense has looked great in back-to-back weeks now. 71 points over the last two weeks. Let's keep it moving with the Cowboys. Dallas beats Philadelphia in Dallas. Now on the line, the Eagles are actually the favorites here. Two-point favorites on the road in Dallas. I like the Cowboys to win outright, so we're going to go ahead and take Dallas plus two. It also doesn't help that the Eagles on the road are only 1-6 against the spread, and as favorites, they're only 1-5, so nobody should trust this Eagles team as a favorite. Total in the game set at 49.5 points. I capped this at a mid pushing a high 40, so this is close. I'm going to lean on the fact that the Eagles as favorites are 2-4 and four, uh, to the over this year, but I'm going against the fact that the Cowboys at home are 5-2 and two to the over. This is the highest number with a four in front of it that you can get before you get into the 50s. So let's stay under 49 and a half points in Dallas, Philadelphia. Dallas 27, Philly 20. Let's go to another division matchup, this time in Seattle. The Seahawks playing host to the Los Angeles Rams. And the Rams, of course, with that absolutely shocking loss last week to the New York Jets. Jets getting their first win of the year. Rams will be going into this game without the services of Cam Akers, who for the last couple of weeks had looked like he'd kind of stolen the number one job in the backfield. He's not going to be available in this game. And look, plenty of playoff implications in this matchup as well in the NFC. The Seahawks, the number three seed right now, but they're tied with the Saints at 10 and four. So the number two seed is right there. Heck, the number one seed is not out of reach yet for the Seattle Seahawks. Meanwhile, you look at the Rams. I have argued and I've made the argument that the Rams are the best team in football that nobody was talking about. I might have to reconsider how I feel after losing to the Jets. But look, the Rams are still very much in control of their own destiny here. They clinch a playoff spot with a win. They clinch a playoff spot with a Bears loss. Like, the the Rams have to feel very comfortable in the spot that they're in right now. But look, they don't want to lose this game. It's a division matchup. It's a team they know well. It's a team they don't like. Nobody wants to lose division games, especially to a team you're looking up at in the standings. Because again, this division is not spoken for yet. It's a one-game difference. This is the game for this division. Both teams are going to want to step to it very, very, very strongly. I like the Rams here, even though the game's in Seattle. They are the underdogs here, are the Rams. Seattle's been pretty good against the spread at home this year, but I just I have a feeling, I have a genuine feeling about this Rams team. I think last week was just a, an absolute hiccup. Burn the game tape. I think the Rams are the better team. I'm taking the Rams in Seattle to beat the Seahawks. On the line, Seattle's a point and a half favorite at home, which makes perfect sense. I like the Rams to win outright. I am going in the face of the fact that Seattle is five and two against the spread at home. We're going to take the Rams plus the point and a half when they win outright. Total in the game, 47 and a half points. This is like a perfect total to me. I'm going to lean on the fact that the Rams are only four and 10 to the over this year. We're going to stick under 47 and a half points in LA Seattle. Let's take Rams 27, 
Seahawks, 20. Now, for the marquee offensive matchup of this week, the Green Bay Packers at home taking on the Tennessee Titans. And this is like a nightmare matchup for a Green Bay Packers team that is prone to getting absolutely run all over. Hello, Derrick Henry. Packers come into this game with the benefit of the long week and still with absolutely everything to lose in the NFC playoff picture. Like they've got, they can taste that number one overall seed in the NFC. They can taste that first round bye. Yes, they've got the Saints and the Seahawks behind them, and both of them have winnable football games this week. But the Packers, they know they're in this driver's seat. This is an important game, but it is a bad matchup for the Packers. Now, granted, neither one of these defenses are exemplary. I think Green Bay is the better of the two defenses in terms of total yardage and points and everything. I think Green Bay's got the better defense, but these two offenses are basically capable of scoring at will. This is one of those matchups where like everything that Green Bay is going to be able to throw at Tennessee, Tennessee's going to have an answer for nine times out of 10. That answer is going to be Derrick Henry, but still that's a pretty darn good answer. The Titans are the kind of grind-you-into-the-ground football team that I don't know that the Packers have figured out how to play and beat consistently yet. I feel like this is Matt LaFleur's kryptonite. I think Tennessee wins this game outright. And low-key, I would love it if this was a Super Bowl preview. I think the Tennessee Titans win this game outright in Green Bay, in the cold, late December. Tennessee goes in and upsets the Green Bay Packers, because it's not like Tennessee has got nothing to play for here. They're tied for the division lead. They've got a very solid hold on a playoff spot, but nothing has been clinched or decided yet. This game's just as important for Tennessee. I think they get the win. On the line, the Packers are favored by three points at home. This is still a hook of three and a half in some places, but I like Tennessee to win outright. I'm going to grab Tennessee plus three. Also helps that as underdogs this year, Tennessee three and one against the spread. Total in the game set at 56 points. I think this might be the first game this year that I've actually capped in the 70s. Like, there's a lot of points to be scored in this game and a lot of points that I think will be scored in this game. This is an easy layup over for me. All four times the Titans have been underdogs this year, they've hit the over. They're 4-0 to the over as underdogs. That's going to happen again this week. Over 56 points in Tennessee Green Bay. Let's go Titans 38, Packers 37, last second field goal wins it for Tennessee. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 16 is the New England Patriots playing host to the Buffalo Bills, division matchup of the AFC East, one week after the Buffalo Bills clinched the AFC East title for the first time since I think it was, what, 1995? quite a while. Bills come in on the tail end of back-to-back road games, but they also have the benefit of the long week having played early last week. The Patriots come into this game with an injury concern that is on the offensive line is center David Andrews. He injured his calf. His status is uncertain. If they're not able to go without or go with uh, David Andrews, 
that's going to be a hit against a Buffalo team that the pass rush is picking up a little bit. The front seven is pretty darn good. I think that's arguably the strength of their defense is their linebacker core and their front seven. Cam Newton's not going to have a ton of time. And I think that Buffalo defense will be able to take opportunity. Uh, Patriots have nothing to play for here. They know they're not going to the playoffs. Bill Belichick is exactly the kind of coach that if he's six and eight right now, it's not a win unless he finishes the season six and 10. He wants to improve his draft spot. No question in my mind. Let's take the Buffalo Bills here. Not going to give it too much more thought. And look, hey, Buffalo still might be trying to catch the Chiefs and hope the Chiefs kind of lay an egg like the Steelers have been. Buffalo could still realistically get the number one seed in the AFC. Buffalo's going to win this game and should win it in a relative walk. Let's take the Bills over the Patriots. On the line, Patriots seven-point dogs at home, which we have not seen very much for a very long time. I'm going to take Buffalo to lay the touchdown. It's a justified number. Patriots don't want to win right now. They're looking towards next season. Let's lay the seven points on Josh Allen and the Bills. Total in the game set at 46. I capped it right around this number, but just a little bit over. The Bills on the road are 4-1-1 one, and one to the over this year. It is kind of going against the fact that the Patriots at home have only hit one of six overs, but that's because they were trying to actually do something their way. At this point, I think they're just kind of showing up on the field to get the game check for the last couple of weeks. Let's go over 46 points in Buffalo, New England. Let's go Bills 30, Patriots 17. All right, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 16 in the NFL. We're going to start, as always, with the bronze pick. Just 10 and 5 straight up and 10, 19, and 1 on the betting picks this year. The Baltimore Ravens are going to be playing host in Week 16 to the New York Giants. Two teams on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. Obviously, the Giants are only still hanging around because of the absolute ineptitude of the NFC East, but obviously that division is not spoken for yet. Washington at 6-8, and eight, uh, the Giants at 5-9, and nine, there's two weeks left. Anything can still happen in the NFC East. It's a desperation game for the Giants. However, it's also a desperation game for the Ravens. They're on the outside looking in of the AFC wildcard picture. They're right there with Miami at 9-5. and five. They have to assume that Miami's going to win their game this week. They need to match. They have to match, not just because they're at home, but they either match or they might as well stay home because they're not going to the playoffs. So this is an, I think it's more of a desperation situation for Baltimore than it is for the Giants. I think the Giants, I think the possibility exists that the Giants are still in the thick of that division race right down to the last week of the season, week 17. Certainly there's a possibility that exists that that could happen. So I'm going to take Baltimore here because they have to be the more desperate team. They have to win. On the line, Baltimore's an 11-point favorite, though, against the Giants. That is way too many. On the road, the Giants are 6-1 and one against the spread this season. 11 points is kind of insulting. So we're going to take those 11 points on the New York Giants. Total in the game set at 45 points, pretty well a perfect total, but I'm going to lean on the fact that the Giants on the road have only hit one of seven overs this year. Let's stay under 45 points in New York, Baltimore. 
Ravens straight up, but we're going to hedge our bets and take the Giants plus 11 against the spread in a game that stays under 45 points. That is the bronze pick. Let's go Baltimore 27, Giants 17. My silver pick run 14 and 1 straight up and 11, 15, and 4 on the betting picks sees the Kansas City Chiefs at home playing host to the Atlanta Falcons. Chiefs coming into this game with a little bit of an injury concern, and it comes in their first round draft pick. Obviously, the math here for the Chiefs is very simple. One more win, and you lock yourself up the number one seed in the AFC, and you don't have to worry about week 17. It's an important game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Meanwhile, Atlanta, they've got nothing to play for but draft positioning. They're at 4-10. and 10. Right now, they have, would have the number five pick in the first round of the draft. It has to be at least one of those things where they're going to look at it like, well, it's probably more beneficial to us to not try to win this game. Kansas City's going to want to win this game. Kansas City's going to win this game in a relative walk. Now, like I mentioned, they do have the injury to the Chiefs on the offensive side. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, hip and leg injuries from last week. He seems likely to sit out the rest of the regular season, which means it is Le'Veon Bell time for weeks 16 and 17 for Kansas City. Can you just imagine if they get Le'Veon Bell rolling? On the line here, Atlanta's a 10.5 point dog in Kansas City. Now, this is a tough one here. Because of any of the teams that are in my top four, I think the Chiefs are the team that's the most likely to actually cover this number. Now, against the spread, the Chiefs are only one and two in non-conference games, which is what this is, obviously playing an NFC opponent. The Falcons are two and one against the spread in their non-conference games. Now, that's not a lot, not a very big sample size, right? It's only three games. The number's only 10 and a half. I'm actually going to change what my original pick was. I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover that number. So again, if any of these teams is going to do it, it's going to be Kansas City. And at least the number's not crazy, like 14 or 15 points. It's 10 and a half. Let's take the Chiefs to cover it. Total in the game set of 53 and a half points. I capped this as a mid 60. I don't think this should have any trouble getting to the over. That is, however, going against the trend of the Falcons as underdogs only hitting three of nine overs this year. We're going to go over 53 and a half points in Atlanta, Kansas City. Chiefs straight up and we're going to hammer the Chiefs minus 10 and a half against the spread in a game that goes over 53 and a half points. That is my silver pick. We're going to go Chiefs 37, Falcons 26. My gold pick where I'm 10 and 5 straight up and 13 and 17 on the betting picks this season, which means actually my gold pick has wound up being the most lucrative pick for me this season, which, oh boy. The Detroit Lions at home playing host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, a lot of things going against the Bucks in this game. They're on the tail end of back-to-back road games, and both teams actually come in with an injury concern. Now, the Lions are playing for draft position at this point. They're 5-9, and nine, eliminated from the playoffs. Currently would have the number 7 pick in the draft. The Bucks, however, they have to win this game. They have a rather tenuous hold on the number 6 playoff seed in the NFC. A loss could drop them down to number 7. 
a couple of losses and it's possible still for the Bucks to miss the playoffs. So they need to win a game like this against an inferior opponent and especially one that's coming in at less than 100%. As I mentioned, injury on both sides here. For the Lions, it's on the offensive line. Guard, Halapulivadi Vaitai, and I think I pronounced his name wrong, but it's about as close as I could get. He had a concussion last week. He's in protocol. His status is uncertain. For the Bucks, it's on the defensive side. It's Carlton Davis. He injured his groin last week. Uncertain status, but seems less than likely to play. Like I said, sometimes you can make this relatively easy on yourself. The Bucks are the one of the two teams here that actually has something to play for, actually wants to win, actually needs to win, actually is going to win. Let's take the Bucks on the road in Detroit to beat the Lions. On the line, however, the Bucks are favored by nine and a half points. I, there's too much going against the Bucks for me to take nine and a half points in conference games. So in NFC games, the Bucks are only four and six against the spread. This is a big number for them to cover. This is less a uh, a endorsement of the Lions as it is a bit of a criticism against the Bucks. I guess with everything that's going against them, let's take those points. Take Detroit plus the nine and a half. Total in the game set at 54 points. I only capped this originally at a mid-40, but there's a pretty strong lean to an over here. The Lions at home, 5-1 to the over this year. The Bucks on the road, 5-2 to the over this year. Not a lot of money to be made betting unders with these guys, so let's go over 54 points in Detroit, Tampa Bay. We're going to take the Bucks straight up, but we're going to hedge our bets and take Detroit plus nine and a half against the spread in a game that goes over 54 points. That is my gold pick. We're going to go Bucks 31, Lions 24, and the platinum pick where I'm 11 and four straight up on the season, just nine and 21 on the betting picks. Just a bad season for the betting picks for the platinum pick. Sees the New York Jets, the now one win New York Jets, playing host to a Cleveland Browns team on the tail end of back-to-back road games and with an injury. There's actually another game where there's injuries on both sides. We start with the Jets. Defensive lineman Quinn and Williams had a concussion last week. He's in protocol. His status is uncertain for this game. For Cleveland, it's guard Chris Hubbard. He suffered a knee injury. His status is uncertain. And also defensive lineman Sheldon Richardson, one of the better D linemen in the AFC as far as I'm concerned. He injured his neck last week. He seems unlikely to play. Now you got to be sitting there thinking, oh my God, he's going to take the Jets to win two games in a row. You're wrong. I'm actually banking that there's no chance that the Jets win two games in a row. So even though it's the tail end of back-to-backs, and even though they got a couple of injuries, one on each side of the ball, we're hammering the Cleveland Browns to win the game this week in New York. Browns beat the Jets. Look, the number one pick, like I talked about earlier, not out of reach here by any stretch of the imagination for the Jets, but they cannot afford to win another game. On the line, though, the Browns are favored by nine and a half points. Again, another really big line. And in conference games, in AFC games for Cleveland, they're only two and eight against the spread this year. They have been a bad spread team all season long. I'm going to take the Jets plus the nine and a half. The Jets can lose very easily by one to nine points. That's a pretty large 
uh, width of uh, possibilities for this game. So Jets plus nine and a half. Total in the game set at 47 points. I capped this at a high 40. I don't think it flies over, but I do think it creeps over a relatively middling number. So we're going to go over 47 points in Cleveland, New York. Browns straight up, but we're hedging our bets, taking the Jets plus the nine and a half points in a game that goes over 47 points. That is your platinum pick. Browns 28, Jets 20. There you go, folks. Those are your picks for Week 16 Fantasy Football Championship Week in the NFL. And it is time now for the patented comment of the week. And the comment of the week from the Week 15 episode goes to Andrew Warren, a longtime member of this community, a great friend of mine and a great member of the community. Andrew had an excellent comment here from the week 15 episode. He said, hey, great picks, buddy. I was wondering, it's a non-NFL topic. So very rarely do we get non-NFL comments of the week, but we're going with it. Are you planning on an NHL early picks this year? Obviously, you know, with COVID, the NHL has now just announced that, yes, we are going to have a season. It's going to start on January 13th. There's division realignments. We might be playing in bubbles the whole nine yards, but at the very least, we are going to have an NHL season, which is great. If you are, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for the laughs today. Good luck and stay safe and healthy. Andrew, thank you so much. That's something that you can never say to someone enough with everything that's going on. Stay safe, stay healthy, especially as we get closer to Christmas. I know you want to be with family. I want to be with family too, but we kind of got to jump on things this year, everyone, and everybody's got to kind of do their part. So please stay safe, please stay healthy. And Andrew, yours is the comment of the week from the week 15 episode. There we go. Our time travel episode is now in the books. Week 16, those are the picks. I hope you enjoy the games this week. We're going to be back here again next week for the last week of the regular season, week 17. There will undoubtedly still be playoff implications in some games in week 17. It's going to be a fun playoff, no question about it. We got here, folks. I can't believe we actually got here amidst the COVID of it all. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and like I mentioned, time travel. Enjoy the games in week 16. Merry Christmas and a happy holiday to everybody. We will see you again next week for the last week of the regular season, week 17. Mm-hmm.